and welcome to the Busyness Podcast. My name is Emily Austin. I'm the founder and CEO of a London-based PR agency called Emerge. I'm passionate about launching and scaling small businesses and have been fortunate enough in my 13-year career to work with some of the most exciting, category-defining brands in the world. I started my business when I was 22 years old, fresh out of university. Since that time, the world has got louder. Our expectations have become greater and our lives have become busier. Fobbing friends off with the stock answer we've all become accustomed to, I'm so busy, is an attempt to compel, conflate and convince. But when did being too busy become a mark of status? Why is the goal to never have any free time? And just what the fuck is everyone doing? Are we setting unrealistic expectations for future entrepreneurs and business owners by encouraging them that a maniacal approach to diarising is the standard? This podcast aims to give you a realistic, detailed insight into the honest stories, the failures, the triumphs, the intricacies, the mistakes, the comebacks, the fuck-ups from those set to make their mark, the leaders, movers and shakers, trailblazers and game changers. We cover imposter syndrome, hiring and firing, call-out culture, anxiety, global growth, daily routines and knowing when to quit, choosing the best in the busyness to help you cut through the noise and optimise your success. My guests today are Simon and Benoit, co-founders of sustainable merchandise business Mercury. Childhood friends, Simon and Benoit, always knew they wanted to build a business together. And three years ago, they launched a side project selling reusable water bottles alongside their respective jobs. After becoming hugely popular with businesses on the hunt for branded bottles, the pair noticed a huge gap in the corporate merchandise market for beautiful and sustainable products. And Mercury was born. Since launching in May 2020, Mercury has created stunning and sustainable merch for brands such as Deliveroo, Spotify and Oatly, with plenty more exciting projects in the pipeline, including expansion into the US and some serious tech development to improve the consumer experience. We covered several topics, including the moment they realised their project was more than just a side hustle, and how the advantages and disadvantages of launching a business in the midst of a global pandemic became clear quickly. We chatted about the corporate merchandise industry and how Mercury is shaking it up with sustainability and modern tech at the forefront of their mission. The pair spoke openly about their relationship as friends and co-founders, their attitude towards competition and what success means to them. It was so interesting to chat to Benoit and Simon and hear their honest and refreshing insights and experience. So to kick off, if you guys wouldn't mind just telling me uh, a bit more about yourselves and your business and what the brand mission is. Yeah, sure. Um, so we are Mercury. Uh, we are a one-stop shop for beautiful and high-quality merch. Uh, so basically, we brand objects uh, that are being used either for uh, internal corporate gifting or for promotional products. Uh, and really, our mission is to simply make this industry a little bit better. Uh, and yes, that's who, who we are at Mercury. And when, when we think about merchandise, historically, we think about plastic pens and USB sticks and pixelated logos. Can you give me an example of some of the products 
that you make and some of the requests that you have because the imagery you guys have of the work that you've done is so beautiful that I'd love you to say a bit more about the types of products and the types of requests that businesses have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for us, the selection of product is everything. Um, It's also our passion to source beautiful products uh, and products that people want to keep and use um, on the long term. Um, Obviously, we wanted to go away from this, you know, uh, classic USB keys and, you know, pens that don't work industry. So we, we try to find items that are original, but also that can last over time. In the end, in the end our, our mission is to help brands uh, shine and exist in real life. And having high quality products only makes them shine more. So it makes sense for us to source products that people love and that people will use and keep for a longer time. And what was it that you guys were doing before you started this business? And, and what did you see that led you to set it up? Yeah, so Ben and I are, are friends since we were little kids, basically. We studied at university together. Um, ben started to work in consulting and I worked in startups. And something like three years ago, we started a very small kind of an ambitious project, which was a brand of reusable bottles. It was a side project we worked on in the evening and weekends. And we were selling mainly on Instagram to to B2C customers. But one day it was kind of unexpected, but a company contacted us uh, to customize one of our bottles. Uh, And basically they wanted to offer them to their employees and clients. And that's how the idea of Mercury was born. We, uh, uh, opened a, a page on our website for B2B customers and then it grew and then we uh, decided to launch Mercury, quit our jobs and in May 2020 Mercury was born. When you quit your jobs what, what was the obviously you, you mentioned that you had sort of had a side business and you've been thinking about it but what was the what was the point at which you decided okay, we're going to leave our paid salary jobs and we're going to make, make a real go of this. Was that, is that memorable for you? Do you remember it being a big risk? Do you remember sort of what led up to that as a, as a final decision to really, really give it a go? Yeah, sure. But uh, honestly, it went pretty naturally. So I remember that time. So we're working uh, day and night, day in our full-time job and nights and weekends over the, the side project we had. And at some point, it was started to be really uh, unmanageable for us, uh, and it was pretty natural that we 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 move completely towards the, our passion actually, and we we always wanted to start a business with Simon and to to build product, um, and so there, there was uh, for sure uh, a financial risk for us, but we were really convinced on a, on what we were doing, and we're sure that we will find a way uh, in a, in starting a company together. And the good, the good benefit of having a side business going on before, you know, quitting our job is that we were already making a little bit of money. So what we did is that we financed the launch of Mercury uh, with the money we generated with our first projects. Uh, and that helped us have kind of a little bit of a buffer uh, and less risk uh, in, in, in the game. What's the main reason people come to you guys for the um, for the product? Obviously, you're creating beautiful, 
high quality products it you know they they look a lot better than what's out there but is the is it a difficult thing for people to navigate themselves is it hard to find suppliers and quantities and get um samples and like what what's the kind of solution that you're presenting for people or, or what's the problem that people have yeah so the the corporate goods industry is really a, a, an old and old dated market uh, so there are still companies out there that are ordering through the phone or uh, through a, a catalog of product like a physical catalog of product so the people or audience today are also people who would like to to replicate b2c experience to to their way of ordering corporate gift um, so that's basically showed in the way we, we present product, in the way we select product. Uh, they are sure that we're, we're not going to destroy their brand and they will associate their brand uh, with a great product. But also the process of ordering online uh, can be improved from uh, the competitors. Um, so that's also our focus today is to really uh, create a real tech experience uh, where people can uh, easily order their corporate gift. Uh, we recently even launched uh, a logistic apps to allow companies to outsource the, their inventory. So we, we store it for them and they just through a, a web app dispatch their merch where they want uh, and when they want it. In terms of um, how, how you started and some of the things that you did initially, lots of the criticism around information that's out there for young entrepreneurs is that much of it sort of skips over a lot of the detail and although it probably feels quite rudimentary to you guys what were some of the practical steps that you took when you started in terms of market research or speaking to people finding mentors setting up the company ordering your first products finding suppliers what what were some of the practical things that you did yeah i mean so as we explained we we were already um one one foot in the door with our first business, um, and the what's special about the launch of Mercury, I believe, is that we it's not that we were seeking for a market the opportunity. Uh, really, Mercury came to us because one company asked to personalize our bottles at first, so it came pretty naturally and organically, uh, and step by step we grew our offer uh, we sourced more products uh, and then we generated more and more revenue we quit our job uh, and that was pretty natural there was no market studies we didn't re- even realize how big the industry was when we launched there was just a demand uh, and we just wanted to do something that we liked which was sourcing beautiful products yeah I think it's really interesting because a lot of people feel pressure to start a business that they're super passionate about and um you know that it becomes like you know something from from a passion project whereas I guess for you guys it was that practically you were running a company that there was an appetite for and then it, it sort of it sort of grew from there um is that is that accurate do you think it was very much more a kind of business opportunity than it was a kind of passion project well I wouldn't say it was only um uh, a business opportunity uh, like to be honest, we didn't really choose it. It came to us through through the market. We really get people contacting us uh, to brand uh, a new product for them. So slowly, as we are big uh, fans of product sourcing and product development, we started to iterate to to increase our offer and our selection. And I would say it was a mix of really the passion we had for 
product sourcing, but also the, the, the market that came to us and, and the need for people to really get a nice product and uh, get rid of the USB sticks. Obviously, the last 18 months have been really challenging for anyone running a business. I guess, objectively, lots of businesses have tried to enhance company culture. It's been really hard to onboard new members of staff remotely and therefore um, certainly internally physical ways to represent the brand such as merchandise have become important. Equally, businesses that have um, had a physical presence that perhaps couldn't have probably been finding ways to interact with their customers. Having said that, you know, merchandise might seem uh, like an excessive or an elaborate purchase for certain brands and obviously money was something that was more scarce for a lot of businesses in the last two years what has the last 18 months been like for you and what what's the impact of covid on your business well actually uh we never knew the 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 non-covid period so we launched back in april 2020 when the the company started when the pandemic started sorry and we started it from zero so uh, there was only simon and i at that time um, and actually, it was a success from day one. Like today, we are 12 people in the team. So we don't know how bigger it would have been without COVID. But for sure, we know that the market contracted by 20 to 30 percent. Like there is one full segment of the market, the, really the promotional product uh, part of it, that went down to almost zero. Like there were there were no fair, no event organized uh, in the last year. Um, so I think we might say we even benefited from COVID in the sense that companies couldn't organize events. They wanted to reward the team uh, and empower them with some gifts. And they, they had a lot of interest in what we were building at that time. Um, and actually, since then, we kept growing every month. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Do you, do you think that there's a massive advantage to um, launching a business in a pandemic? Because it's one of the most challenging environments to launch in. And, and to your point, you know, it's not like you knew anything before. So it wasn't necessarily like the business sort of dropped off or disappeared. You kind of had to launch it knowing about those market factors. Do you think that that was actually a benefit in terms of the time that you launched? You know, uh, markets speaking, it's, it was not a benefit to launch during covid However, I believe that any crisis crisis brings opportunities. Um, I think this crisis especially brought, you know, questioning uh, in all in many industries, including ours. So there is an opportunity to change things, uh, and that's why and how I believe we grew in this in this pandemic during this pandemic, while the the market was going down. Um, so it's yes and no, uh, but I believe the most important thing to, to, re- to, to take from that is that things are changing and people are thinking more about the way they consume, the way they treat their team, their employees, whether they're remote or not. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's rather an opportunity for us. Uh, that's the way we see it at least. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, in terms of what you guys are doing in the space that you're in, you know, the products that you're producing are much more premium and superior to a lot of your competitors. How do you deal with competition? Do you get distracted by looking on LinkedIn and Instagram and other channels or are you quite focused on what you're doing? 
what's your what's your relationship with competition yeah we honestly we didn't really we don't really care too much about competition uh, i think first elements um to think about is the, the size of the industry uh it's a huge market i mean almost every organization on earth brand stuff whether it is private companies private uh, public organizations cultural organizations whatever uh, they all produce merch at some point so it's a huge gigantic market with a lot of players um but it's not a, a winner takes all situation uh i mean in the us for example there are more than 50 businesses generating more than 50 millions a year uh, so it gives you a, a, an idea that you know we can coexist with other companies um, that's one point and then the other thing is you know we didn't raise money so we really are not on a quest to uh, take the whole market or even change the world or the industry we just try to improve it a little bit so there's no problem for us to see other players coming we even happy to see you know the standards getting higher and higher in terms of sustainability. Yeah, I know that makes total sense. Have you worked with advisors or mentors? So basically, we uh, we just have a handful uh, of people that we we picked from our network that we often sit down with. Those are relatives, those are friends, or just like uh, entrepreneurs we get introduced to, and actually we find it super useful to. Uh, to just exchange with them and to see uh, the challenges they had and to, to, to see how we can overcome the one we, we face today. But it's really natural and we cannot say we, we formalized it in a way. Yeah, I know that makes sense. Do you, have, do you have people reaching out to you guys now about advice? Do you have um, businesses getting in touch, sort of asking, asking how you've done it and, and for tips on what they should be doing? Yes, sure. I mean, there's sort of a... There's something happening, I believe, in the in the, the entrepreneurship, you know, industry. Um, it's natural for for startups to raise funds and to get themselves, you know, uh, investors and experienced people with them. But there are more and more businesses that want to bootstrap, uh, and I think what what's the most complicated with this type of business is that obviously you don't have the money, but you also don't have as many advisors as you would have if you raised fund. So we have a little community that's being created at the moment of businesses, startups that choose another way of growing. Uh, and we help each other. We discuss, okay, how did you do, do that? How did you raise some debts? Uh, which person is um, interesting to discuss with? So uh, definitely, I mean, there's a there is a, a lot of companies that are uh, that can identify to to mercury. Yeah, and I guess now there's so many more channels through which people can reach out that the dialogue is a lot easier, right? Like it's never been easier to kind of find an email address for someone and 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 give someone five minutes of your time to help them. I think that's definitely a trend for the new breed of entrepreneurs that perhaps didn't exist, you know, 10 years ago in the way that business was structured. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, uh, and anyone, I, I am astonished by the responses I get. Sometimes you email the CEO of a very big company or you just got, get introduced and people are really helpful. Uh, and it gives me hope. And I think every entrepreneur should, 
should dare to simply send an email to ask for help because people will really give it. Yeah, absolutely. Sustainability is now a prerequisite of any modern brand. It has to be something that's thought about and that's baked into into the business as it grows. The merch space has formerly been very unsustainable. There's been a huge amount of waste. There's been a lot of cheap products produced um, and not necessarily a, a sort of directive place for those products to go. You guys have obviously spent a lot of time thinking about how to be more thoughtful about the planet and to be more impactful in terms of sustainability. Can you tell me a bit more about your efforts to be sustainable, what you do as a business and sort of what your thoughts are generally about about the space and making sure that that, that waste is reduced? Yes, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a very broad topic, right? Um, but for us, the starting point really is, is at the product, product selection. Um, I think the first very important point for us and the challenge and the mission is to find products people will actually use. I mean, this industry uh, is really made of products that people, you know, throw away after two weeks and we want to go against that direction. So is it a product that people will want to use? Uh, is it a product that's beautiful uh, and that people will keep over time? That's the main goal that we have and the main thing that we try to activate in order to become more sustainable than the average in the industry. Of course, when we select products, we, we look at different criteria. We have some charts uh, and we ask our, ourselves the question, okay, can this product be made locally? Uh, can the product be made from sustainable materials? Does it involve a positive behavior? And then we always try to be transparent about what we offer to the clients Sometimes our products are made in China, but they are made from very good sustainable materials in very good conditions. Sometimes we source a Mont Blanc made in Germany. Sometimes we source a cheaper product. Um, but it, it's always a matter of getting better uh, and sourcing the best products uh, possible. Also, finally, um, as a company, we try to hold the highest standards um, so, for example, uh, we are part of uh, 1% for the planet. Uh, we're carbon neutral as well. Um, and we are in the final phase of uh, becoming B Corp. Um, so it's a never-ending process and it's important to also uh, be fully transparent on it. Uh, we do not pretend we are the best uh, in terms of sustainability. But uh, the least we can do is, uh, is to communicate on it and to, to, to tell people what we do and tell people what we don't do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a, um, does money have a big impact on this space? Like, do you have to just ultimately spend more money if you want better sustainable merch? And is the reason that there was so much waste essentially because people were just buying very cheap products at large volumes? Yeah, I mean... Of course, I mean, our, our mission uh, is that we try to convince companies to invest in quality instead of quantity. Um, but obviously, if you're a company uh, and you want to invest in, in merch, um, the reflex that you have, I mean, the, the automatic uh, thing that you do is that you look at your budgets and you try to impact the most people. 
But mentalities are changing. Uh, people are no, now thinking, okay, instead of offering a thousand of those, you know, shitty pants that people won't use, I will rather invest in a hundred and offer them to a few employees, a few uh, clients. So we really see a switch and the same switch basically that's happening in the B2C industry, you know, with fashion and so on. Uh, people get more and more uh, conscious of what they buy as companies. And most of all, people, when they receive g gifts, they will judge the brand. They will say, oh, that's a very shitty merch. So you're a very shitty brand. So now we see that people are more and more careful. And that's the direction we want to take. We want to help companies shine in real life by, you know, offering quality products instead of a lot of quantity. You guys are obviously co-founders. There's lots of decisions that have to be made when starting a company. One of those big ones is, do you have a partner or do you do it by yourself? Can you tell me a bit more about your co-founder dynamic? Do you, do you guys argue? Do you have rules about if someone vetoes something, it's out? Do you have very specific separate roles? I know you mentioned you've known each other since you were little. So I guess, you know, an enduring friendship is is important too. But can you tell me a bit more about your co-founder relationship? Yeah, sure. Um, Simon and I are a childhood friend, as we said. Uh, so we know for more than 15 years since high school. So we basically studied together, uh, traveled together and even partied together, of course. Um, but we can say that we know each other uh, pretty well since then. Uh, we know how we work. Uh, we know the strengths and the weaknesses of each other. Um, and we're also super complementary uh, through the previous experiences we had. Um, so the relationship in terms of work goes pretty well, to be honest. Um, we, Of course, we, we sometimes disagree on some stuff, but we always find uh, like the, the consensus uh, together. Uh, I would say the the biggest challenge we might have uh, is to avoid bothering our friends when uh, talking with, with work, uh, when we are spending time together with some friends. Do you think that it, it's a really beneficial thing to have two skill sets and two brains and, and someone else who can really experience what you're experiencing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, it's very useful because Ben is doing the most difficult job ever uh, and I'm doing everything else. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it depends how you see it. For us, it's a human adventure at first. You know, we don't see this business as, you know, a way for us to get rich and go change the world and become really big. We see this business and this entrepreneurial project as a human adventure, something to be uh, creative with. So it makes sense to just partner with people that you like. Uh, so I respect a lot solo founders. Also respect a lot of people that, you know, partner with people they don't know. But for us, it, it was not a choice. It was, it was obvious that we wanted to do something together to have fun and spend uh, nice, uh, nice moments together. And yeah, just to, to jump on this, uh, I think starting your own business is really a, a long-term game. It's like it's a marathon. So having a co-founder for me is really necessary in the sense that you, uh, it's not always pink. Uh, you get easily dismotivated. Uh, you get defeats. Uh, so it's important to, uh, to stay up the game and to, to remain motivated and 
having the two of us, uh, I think it's super helpful for that. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given about running a business? Um, I remember my ex-boss told me once, um, it takes time to build beautiful things. And, you know, these days we see, we really see a race happening in the startup world, right? Uh, more growth, more funding, more everything, you know, but you can't really buy authenticity. Uh, and I think he, he was very right. And that's why I strongly believe that, you know, slowly is, is the fastest way to, to where you want to be. And uh, we try to apply that with Mercury. We curve our ambition. We just try to be patient, you know, and live the present moment and, you know, enjoy basically. Yeah, I think it's really good advice. You know, I think there's a lot of people who spend a huge amount of time running businesses constantly feeling unhappy and that they're against the grain and that it's all hard and obviously that is a really big part of it it is an incredibly challenging thing to do but that is also what you're signing up to do right so it's kind of like if it was easy and straightforward then uh, then everyone else would be doing it so I think it's definitely important to remind people that it should be enjoyable and it should be fun and there are moments of real joy because it is a bit of a roller coaster and it, and it is going to go up and down. Yeah, of course. I mean, personally, I believe that we value suffering too much in, in, in entrepreneurship. First of mm-hmm. all, you should do something that you love. First of all, you should be happy in your life and, you know, healthy. You should spend time with your family. Um, and then the suffering comes later and it's a detail, basically. So uh, I totally agree. Yes, totally. Um, what have you found to be the biggest myth or assumption about running a business and has it stacked up? Well, yeah, for us, it's very simple. You don't really have to raise money for, from investors. Uh, maybe we were, you know, in this startup mania, but we, we kind of realized that you're not obliged to raise money. You, there are other ways to finance your business. Um, so that was kind of a myth that we believe was true when we were younger at university. You know, we see that those big valuations, those startups that grow from zero to hundreds in, in, in two months. Um, but it's not the only way. Uh, you don't have to raise money if you don't need to. Um, I think important thing for us is also to remember that uh, what is important is to, to create a business, is to... Uh, to create a, a profitable business and the same business. Um, so we are not fans of like a uh, big adventure where you, you burn cash, you, you invest a lot uh, for non-profitable project until you, uh, you prove a success in the industry. So we really grow at our own rate, the rate we set. Uh, and we remember that at the end of the day, we need to, to, to build a real business. Why do you think there's so much pressure now for people to produce you know we've been presented with these crazy examples of people becoming billionaires or um you know very few examples of that but they're disproportionately talked about in the media do you think that there's an unhealthy pressure for people starting businesses to become millionaires overnight and um be hugely successful in a way that they can project online of course of course i i know a lot of miserable and anxious entrepreneurs i mean the press is shining a light on you know all those fundraising um and in the end it makes a lot of uh unhappy people 
Um, if money is your core motivation, then you shouldn't be an entrepreneur, I believe. Uh, for us, you know, uh, our b biggest success is to be happy. Um, it's personal, you know, how healthy are we? How close can we be to our family? How happy are we? How is our team going? Um, so it's really, uh, it's really not about financial success. And I believe that we, we, we should shine more light on those bootstrap businesses that are very more peaceful and respect, respectful of, of, you know, your mental health and also your, your, your stakeholders mental health. So I think there's a, there is another path uh, and we should talk more about it. Yeah, absolutely. How do you make sure that you keep learning? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you read books? Do you meet new people? Do you travel? I mean, what, what's your process for making sure that you keep learning? Yeah, I think it's a bit like everyone you mentioned, everything you mentioned, like um, for me personally, uh, my way of learning is mostly to, to listening to podcasts. Uh, there are many, uh, many podcasts of, uh, of great uh, entrepreneurs that share their stories, uh, but also by following uh, other people, other entrepreneurs uh, online, on LinkedIn, reading their articles. I think it's super useful. Um, I'm not the, the best at reading books, uh, but sometimes when uh, Simon's sharing it to me, I'm, I'm reading a few books as well. Great. Um, what's your definition of success? How do you guys define success? Success is about, you know, being happy as a person, I believe. I mean, if we're talking about the business world, um, it's just a game. We, we, of, we often say it to our employees, our team. It's just a game. And whether we lose, whether we win, it's, 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 it's no big deal, right? So for us, our success is first, you know, being healthy physically, mentally, um, have the chance to uh, build a team that's happy, that's evolving in a peaceful work environment, that allows, you know, the people to be creative uh, and have ownership. Um, to us, that's success. You know, it's success. It's a human story after all. And financial success will follow. It's a byproduct. But it's definitely not the, the end goal. Yeah, it's a really, really refreshing, uh, refreshing response. Um, the podcast is called The Busyness Podcast. We... I think I probably know the answer to this, this question, but you know, we're so geared up to be productive now. We have to be busier than ever, be doing more than ever, be making more money, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and often at the cost of our own mental health and our own, um, our own happiness. If you had an extra hour in the day, what would you use it for? Yeah, I think I will take this time, this whole world to, to spend more time with a, with the team, with the team here, with uh, each employee, to take the time to really like relax, chat, um, and discuss with them. We're growing so fast uh, since the last eighteen months. We've been super busy, as you said. Like we we struggle to find time, but I think it's really important to uh, to take the time to sit back and spend quality time with, with the team. Also, understand like uh, the challenges that people in the team here face every day, uh, their realities. And I think it's a great source uh, of information and inspiration as well to, to improve the company as well uh, and improve their daily work. And what's next for you guys? What is happening in the next six to 12 months? What can we expect to see from the business uh, and from what you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean, we, we, 
we take our time, uh, we take it slow, but we are very ambitious. And basically for 2022, we have two huge projects. The first one is that we want to launch in the U.S. Uh, and we will actually open an office in New York uh, in the summer. Uh, so that's a big deal for us. Um, the second thing is that we are in the process of developing more tech around our service. So not only during the, the buying experience, but also after our clients have bought merch, we want to offer logistic services where they can basically manage their merch at distance or even create their own shop. So it's really, uh, it will really be a big year for us. We're also uh, ramping up uh, the team. Uh, so today we are 12 people. We hope to double the team. So with that come challenges. You know, we want to keep the same culture, the same vibe. So uh, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. Very exciting time. Um, I'm really grateful for you guys taking the time to, to chat to me today. It's incredibly refreshing to speak to founders who care so much about their own health and well-being and people around them. I think it's very common to speak to people who are in pursuit of growth at any cost and ultimately you know it's not a sustainable way to live so I think the way you guys are doing it is really really interesting and really inspiring so thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today and I'm sure lots of people listening um will find it incredibly helpful how how honest and open that you've been today thank you so much for inviting us it was it was a real pleasure um yeah thank you thank you 